Well, good morning. Welcome to the Life Church. We're so excited you're here. I'm going to preface this morning with a little confession uh, to, to my week. Uh, just so that way, if you see me make a weird face, like a grimacing face, uh, you'll know why uh, Friday morning I, I crashed my bicycle. Um, now, I, I say bicycle, like that's not cool enough language for me to use. I, I, I crashed my bike, uh, and I, I'll try not to get into technical language. Um, my, I think I was like at my sister-in-law's house, and she's like, oh, you fell off your bicycle. No, 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 no. Like, like that makes me feel like a kid, one of my daughters trying to learn to ride a bike, you know, with the training wheels. No, no, no. This is like X Games, crashed, wrecked, uh, like totally just, yeah. Like, so think of that. But anyway, whatever, however you want to define it, the point is I have really injured my ribs. I'm doing good. I'm getting better. I, I thank you. Uh, if you want to pray for my healing, I, I have prayed for healing. I am praying for healing. I think God just sometimes looks down on me and says, you need more than a physical healing, brother. Like, like uh, he knows that there's something more that's needed. And, um, but I had a big old smile on my face when I crashed. So that's all that matters. And um, so fun stuff. Um, so I may not lift anything with my left hand. And, uh, and anyway, if you see a grimace, that's why. So awesome. Also, uh, in your, uh, your, your, say, I felt that right there. Uh, in, your, uh, in your seats, these are, um, I've talked about these, I've had them available, I just want to put them in the seat, and uh, these are just the simple invite cards that we have put together uh, for you to take with you, and, and you can simply use this if someone's asking, hey, where do you go to church, and you can have this available, or you want to invite somebody, you're trying to share the gospel with somebody, um, and part of that is maybe you're not even sure about sharing the gospel, you just like, get to the church, and, uh, and you'll hear the gospel, and and you can use these cards, and then they can even just scan the back. And, and maybe if you're even interested in doing that, uh, there's just a cool page that, that goes to. You can scan that with your phone's camera app and take you right there. And, uh, and if you're new here, and maybe you're not ready to go, con- go to Connect Center after church, well, you can even scan that and fill out the Connect form right there on your phone. But if you still want your free gift, you can just then visit Connect Center, show them that you completed it, and uh, still get your free gift. And if you've not gotten your free gift yet, then what are you waiting for? Make it happen. Awesome. All right. Enough, enough official church business. Uh, so we're still in our series, For Flock's Sake, talking about sheep and, uh, and how the Bible uh, many times references us as sheep and talks about us as sheep and a flock in these different, different ways. And so we're continuing that series. Uh, I actually won't have as many scriptures about sheep this morning. I, I've got a different idea that I wanted to communicate. And um, I, I've enjoyed this series in the first uh, message was sheep following, you know, wh- who are we following? And, and the point is that even with all our differences that we still come together and be a part of the flock. Pastor Kevin shared a great message last week on the good shepherd. Uh, and Psalm uh, 23 is really awesome. You can hear that online if you missed last Sunday. And today I'm going to say my title is keep the flock together. Keep the flock together. You know, um, many years ago, I was hunting with my dad, a senior pastor, Pastor Walt Landers, and uh, we were hunting on his land out in, outside of San Angelo, middle of West Texas. And, uh, and, and, and no deer had come up to the, the blind. And, and so we got down and we decided to try to track the deer. I say, he's tracking deer. I'm just tracking him. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, and so I didn't grow up hunting as much as my father did. And, uh, and so we're, we're tracking. And all of a sudden, we come to this dried up riverbed in the midst of drought time that we were facing in San Angelo. And there was a big herd of sheep that had somehow made it onto my dad's property. Uh, we don't even know how that is like, 
it was like one of those moments, I, I wish I'd been like funny in the moments, like one of those afterthoughts of like Evan Almighty. I love that part where he's like driving and all of a sudden there's two sheep in the back of the truck. He's like, sheep, you know, he screams it out. And, and, uh, and so now you gotta go home and watch that movie. And, uh, and like all of a sudden just all these sheep and like, we're like, oh, this is the disruption to the situation that we're in that's causing a problem. And, um, and, and it's dried up riverbed. We don't know whose property they come from, came from. We don't know who they belong to. And, and all of a sudden, and I don't remember the details, but it's basically like, get these sheep off my land. Like, because they're going to eat stuff. Like, they, like, my dad doesn't want them on his property, and they're not his to begin with. So it's get them out of here. And he runs off these sheep, except for these two babies. In the midst of the chaos and the panic, all of the sheep take off, but there was a mama with two little ones who she just left. And all of a sudden now we got these two little lambs on his property. Well, all the other sheep have taken off. The herd did as herd do, except these two, because they just didn't know yet. And all of a sudden we're like, what do we do? Oh, my goodness. And so we take these in. I was actually in this moment was actually living with my dad. We were between waiting on a house to get finished and, and we were crashing, um, my wife and I, and my, I just had my youngest or my oldest daughter at the time. And, uh, and, and it was a, that was a whole nother story. And we take these two sheep back into town because we live in San Angelo. So having animals in our, in our yard, like, I mean, my dad, I grew up with my dad. Uh, I mean, we had uh, in the middle of like, like really nice neighborhood, he had goats in his backyard, a horse at one time. One time the neighbor was like, after I moved into the house that he had lived in, and we're living there, and the guy's like, was there a horse back there once? I was like, yeah, at least that. And um, anyway, lots of stories. And, uh, and so we take these two sheep in, and then we start to raise them. It was crazy. You see, this flock did not stay together. But how often does it happen in our life that, that something comes against us, whether it's circumstances, situations, maybe it's a spiritual attack that we face, and all of a sudden we find ourselves getting separated from the flock. We find ourselves getting separated from people that we were connected with, people that we belong to. We're talking whether it's family, whether it's church, there, there's something. Uh, maybe it's an offense, which I'm definitely going to talk about today, but something has come into our situation and separated us. Sometimes that separation comes naturally. Sometimes it's just some of the, our human traits that we bring into situations and relationships that we all of a sudden become uh, separated. And sometimes it's because we kind of separate ourselves. There's a situation where we become offended or we have different ideas and, and we tend to, to go and, and just go after this other, this new idea. There are things in the church that separates us. And sometimes they're natural and sometimes they're spiritual. Sometimes they're of our own making or even results of decisions that we've made. Or maybe sometimes, if you believe with me, that there is a spiritual enemy that wants to take us down as sons and daughters of the living God. It doesn't like us because we are created in his image. And therefore, he is absolutely against us. And we, are, we find ourselves in these situations. There's a wedge. And We've got to, for flock's sake, we've got to keep the flock together. And we, we, we face these situations. And I don't want to undermine that sometimes there are some unhealthy situations and, and sometimes some things that 
that we must create separation. And, and so when you hear me, hear, hear my heart, please, in the sense of, of the flock staying together from a sense of caring and sense of staying together. You know, sometimes somebody may come into the church and they're like, ah, this church isn't for, for me. That's fine. Maybe you want a choir and we're not going to have a choir. I'm sorry. You're like, maybe you're like, you're new here. You've been hanging out and you're like, just hoping like one of these days the choir is going to get on stage, right? No, I'm sorry. If you're wanting a choir, you're probably going to have to find a different church. And sometimes we have those preferences and sometimes they, those are okay. But sometimes we kind of tend to have preferences based out of, uh, out of an unhealthy desire or an unhealthy offense, that we create these preferences of what I want, or what's got to be my way, and, and we find these different things. There's plenty of options to choose from. And I want to look at Paul's letter to Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read out of the message today. And, and I liked how Pastor Eugene Peterson, who translated the message translation from the heart of a pastor, I liked the, some of the phrasing that he had in his translation. And, and I'm going to read a little bit more, but in the same way that sometimes we often feel that Paul was kind of beating up on Corinth. You know, we, like Paul, he's having to correct them, slap them around a little bit and try to straighten them out through, through, a, through a backhand. And, uh, and you know, I, I think reading it this morning, but not from a position of like, I'm not trying to slap anybody around today. So you can just, you can relax and get a little comfortable. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to do that. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, says, but for right now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You're acting like infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well, then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything anymore. Anything more. As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast, content only when everything's going your way? When one of you says, I'm on Paul's side, and another says, I'm for Apollos, aren't you being totally infantile? Who do you think Paul is anyway? Or Apollos, for that matter. Servants. Both of us servants who wanted you who want who waited on you as you gradually learned to entrust your lives to our mutual master. I love that. I referenced that back in our first week and I love how Paul says it, our mutual master, our commonality, both the same goal. We're following the same person, Jesus. We each carried out our servant assignment. I planted the seed, Apollos watered the plants, but God made you grow. It's not the one who plants or the one who waters who is at the center of this process, but God. Say, but God. Who makes things grow. Planting and watering are menial servant jobs at minimum wages. What makes them worth doing is the God we are serving. You happen to be God's field in which we are working, and in the next verse, which you can read on and, and choose your preferred translation and, and look at the whole chapter for this great context, but even says a building or a house. There's even two different ways that they're describing us. They're describing us here, Paul, describing us, the church, as a family, describing us as a field, and describing us as a building in this space, in this few verses that we look at. I love this. 
Here it is, Apollos versus Paul. It's almost like a rocky knockout kind of situation, and the two are coming together. You know all the people are like, oh, when that Paul comes back, oh, we're going to have a duke out. It's going to be a match worth paying for. It's going to be pay-per-view time with Paul and Apollos. And we have these two examples, and I, I was wrestling with this, and, and I thought, you know, we don't have our Paul and Apollos today. Not in a sense. You know, we tend to have our favorites. Maybe, maybe we have our favorites within the church, and that's that's fine. You have certain preachers you like more than others, and, and even in this church, and we're really blessed in this congregation to be able to have a preaching team. So it's not me preaching every week, and it's a rotation of our different pastoral staff and, and guests, and, and, and I feel like we're really blessed in that, and maybe you've got a preference, but I mean, we, I was thinking about this sometimes. It's like, and we've, a lot of us, we have our mega church following. Oh, I don't know about you, but I follow Bethel. Oh, I follow Hillsong. And, you know, and maybe there's, like, some good that comes from that, like, in the sense of, like, what I'm, what I'm choosing and, like, what really just speaks to my heart. But then, you know, at some point, we kind of take offense. It's like, uh, you like that church? <laughs> you listen to their worship? Like, at some point, like, it almost like we become such favorites of our team that we become so offended at someone liking the other team. Obviously, we're in cowboy country, right? Uh, you know, I, I will confess, I, I, I probably shouldn't. And Pastor Kevin, I was telling him, I think before I moved here, and I was like, I was like I'm, I'm not a football fan. I'm a soccer fan. I'm a basketball fan. I will watch football to hang out and things like that, um, but not watch to watch. And maybe some highlights, just give me the, the top 10 plays of the week. I'm good. And, uh, and, and that's, that's me. And I'm like, I was like, I don't love the Cowboys. And I was like, but I don't hate the Cowboys either. <laughs> Pastor Kevin's like, nope, you got to be one or the other. You don't get to sit in between. There's no fence riding with the Cowboys here. You got to be one or the other. And I, I, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I just in that position. But we have all these different ways in which we, we have our preference. And it's no different whether it's famous churches or, or bands or, or preachers or doctrines or, or different denominations and, and different things like that. And you're, you're sitting here in a non-denominational church, but you have your background, maybe, if you grew up in the church. We've got all these different experiences that we bring in. And, uh, and then, obviously, in, in different things, maybe it's not even has nothing to do with the church or teams. Maybe it's, I follow the donkey or I follow the elephant. And, and yes, we come into church to raise the one true name, and, and we come in with our preferences and what do we do with those who have different preferences than us? With those that say the Apollos and those that say the Paul when we're on the other side of that? And how do we manage that? It's a, it's a tough thing when we find our niches. We find our, our tribalism, our, our, our tendency to, to find our little, our group and to, and to hold tight to that. And it's okay as long as we have differences, as long as they don't lead to offenses. It's okay to have differences as long as they don't lead to divisions among us. I, I love these, these struggles. You know, being a part of this team, that's one thing I, I love about Pastor Bonet and Kevin uh, being a part of a team with them. I remember one time I was, I was talking about something and, and, and I, I, I shared something something kind of really close to the chest, right? We all have those things that, like, 
These things we'll share. We'll talk about sports and weather all day long and talk about a TV show and Marvel. And, oh, but, but, but then I got these things close to the chest. And, and I remember I, I shared something, and all of a sudden I felt like I, I got some pushback, and I felt like I'd stepped too far. I'd opened the hand too much. And I was just like, and I wasn't offended by just like, no, no, no I'm good, though. Okay. Like, like, like I, won't, I won't go there again. And, and pastors Kevin and Bonet, like in that situation, in that moment, were like, no, 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 you're good. This is a safe place to be able to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. I love that about this team, being able to be in those those places. But that's a hard thing in a a society and culture of perpetual offense. we got to be guarded because somebody's going to get offended with us or I'm going to get offended with them. And, and, And sometimes the only way I feel I can protect what I have and protect this situation or this relationship is, is to stay guarded in this, to stay walled in this, this perpetually offended culture. I believe this is a real situation that we're facing, and I'm being real serious right now, and just bear with me. I, even as I'm moving to a new town, a new culture, a new area uh, over this summer, and, and like, and I've gone and joined the bike group. And you can hear people in their perpetual offense. I won't do too many P's there. And, and, and I show up and they come. And what do they do? Like you find yourself and maybe you found yourself in the situations of you come. And your first thing you bring to a conversation is the thing that offended you this week. It's the news article. It's what somebody said. It's the family member. It's the friend. It's the coworker who didn't do their thing again. And like, and we come into these situations and conversations, even with possible strangers. And, and, and just, this is what we start into. I was at a family night recently and like just showed up and it was, oh, the news this and the news that. And not from a place of informative kind of like aspect, but a place of offense. Of I can't believe he did this. I can't believe they didn't do that. We find ourselves, and it's not a result of media, although I think media has helped make us become more aware of the thing that we've always been living in. At least it has with me. And sometimes I have to manage that. I have to look at that. We, we face these situations. I, I want to share, like, one of the things I think has helped me the most in some of this is I'm working to live by a phrase Words are a reflection of the source and not the destination. Words are a reflection of the source and not the destination. So even when I'm in conversation with somebody and there's a possible chance for offense, don't get me wrong, I get plenty of I can get, uh, critique over many of the years, whether it's recently or in my past. I've been preaching a long time, and that's an obvious point. As somebody can come back and be like, you can come to give me critique about the things that I said. And don't get me wrong, I say things bad or poorly plenty of times, or maybe things I shouldn't have said, but trust me, I got enough own shame that I might carry <laughs> that, that uh, like anything anybody else has to bring is not going to be uh, really, it's going to be kind of whatever. And I, but I've even learned in the situation to even operate even better that, that, okay, but when somebody comes to bring something, what they have to say tells me more about them than it does about me. And it doesn't mean we can't bring critique or feedback in situations. And there's not truth in the things that we have to say. But in how we say them and how we present them 
often reveals a lot about us and our situations and what's possible. Richard Rohr says that our false self is offended about three, excuse me, offended about every three minutes. That our false self is fragile. That every three minutes we have an opportunity to, opportunity to become offended. Every three minutes, that's crazy. But as we grow in Christ and move to our true self, and knowing who we are as Christians, and knowing who we are as children of God, as sons and daughters, we move to a different place. But that's challenging. And I thought about the story. I'm a big fan of Aesop's fables. And of course, it's so old. The stories are so old, you can actually even get them for free. And they're right there, at least through a digital version. So whether it's an Apple or, or Android device or whatever that may be, and you've got a book app, you can actually download all of the Aesop fables. And they're together in the four oxen and the lion story. And the Aesop fable goes as this. A lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell. Many a time he tried to attack them, but whenever he came near, they turned their tails to one another, so that whichever way he approached them, he was met by the horns of one of them. At last, however, they all fell a-quarreling among themselves, and each went off to pasture alone in a separate corner of the field. Then the lion attacked them one by one, and soon made an end of all four. And the story ends with the phrase, united we stand, divided we fall. In Proverbs 17.9, it tells us, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Oh, how is it true that dwelling on it separates close friends? We allow these separations to come into our relationships, into our church, into our body. And not just differences, but separations offenses that we tend to, to function in. And all of a sudden, the flock becomes divided. People get left out, like the two lambs being left behind that never should have been left behind. And we find ourselves in these situations. You know, Pastor Rob Morris, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that sheep weren't married, excuse me, sheep are not meant to carry burdens. And I think, often, I think about our our burdens that we tend to carry through anxiety, through pain, through relationships, through bills, through whatever else. But I think one of the greatest ones that we tend to carry are through offenses. Let's be real. Even, even the event that we have to do, the car broke down and we've got to fix it. Or maybe you're like me. Like I finally, thankfully after a long time, after over a week, I, my AC is finally fixed. I've got cold water back, but I still don't have hot water, which after wrecking my bike and being completely just doused in dirt, I had to go home to a cold shower in the backyard by no means as well. And so, but like we find ourselves in, and even those are an offense because if you ever thought about it, like even that is because something is robbing the time that you think is yours. But like, this is my time. This is my situation. And even in this, I become offended at just circumstances. And it becomes burdens that we carry. And I know it's tough, it's challenging, but sheep aren't meant to carry burdens. We're not camels, we're not referenced as horses or even mules, and could use a different word there, although sometimes my wife might attest I might act like one. Uh, if you know what I mean, if you stay with me. Um, 
And uh, we're not meant to carry burdens in those situations. And, and I feel like there's, there's an actual correlation between the burden that we feel that we're carrying and actually offenses. I think if we kind of boil down, you ever talk to somebody that was facing so much anxiety and so much struggles, and you started talking to them, and, and then it was, it was this complaint and that complaint and this issue, issue and this situation, and all of a sudden you find it, and it's like it's, it's a list of these things that they're carrying. And sometimes I get it. It's hard because life is hard, but we're not meant to carry those. And I might feel so alone. Well, how, how, much, how much burden are you carrying? Those two lambs, I'm sure, felt alone because they got left out. It was separation. They were no longer part of the flock. And sometimes that's just our feelings. It's not what's really happening. But these offenses and these issues that we carry. And, and my thing and the thing I want to communicate is because in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a, friend's, so, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I love that idea. It's kind of like how I was sharing with pastors Kevin and Bonet, that as iron sharpens iron, it, it, it just as bringing uh, just challenge and, 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 and rising up, I had written, spurring each other to great deeds and not slowing each other down. I don't know about you, but I look back at my life and too many times, especially in dealing with offenses and challenges, whether it's in the church or whether in my life or whether in my family, I felt too often that as iron sharpens iron, you know what? I think I was like two pieces of iron clinging together like a symbol and not becoming a sharpening effect. And as we as Christians that are set apart from the world to, 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 to live this differently, are we coming in as sheep, but then not only are we trying to carry our burdens, but then we come along and we try to carry the burdens of others. It's not even my offense that I'm carrying. It's your offense and their offense. And don't get me wrong, again, to hear my heart that, that I'm not talking about taking it too far in the sense of like, there's an injustice that is taking place in the world against an entire people group that we should not step in and do something. But oh, my cousin Sally, all of a sudden, she got done wrong by her employer, and I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to boycott that employer too. I'm going to get out there, and, and I'm going to talk bad about him on social media. And, like, and, and we're moved to a place where it's not even just about how I was done wrong, but how you were done wrong. Craig Rochelle said, if you're always looking to be offended, you will always find what you are looking for. I love that. I remember when I, years ago, I got a Volkswagen Jetta, and, and especially in San Angelo, we don't have a Volkswagen dealership, and bought this used Volkswagen Jetta, and, and, and never saw a Jetta before, and then all of a sudden, I got a Jetta, and my, my brain and my mind is thinking Jetta, and all of a sudden, I started seeing Jettas everywhere. Ouch. Started, started seeing Volkswagen Jettas. Everybody's got a Jetta all of a sudden. Why? Because all of a sudden my brain is opened up to this, this idea, this, this concept of what I'm paying attention to. This struggle. And it is a struggle. And as being a part of the flock, my challenge this morning, a little bit more of a challenge, 
is what are we carrying? What are you carrying? And is it possible that the thing that you're carrying that you shouldn't even be carrying, maybe it is anxiety and worry, maybe the stress. How much of it does it even come down to being offended? Maybe that's your offense. Maybe that thing never should have happened to you. Maybe that thing never should have broke. Maybe you never should have had to pay that bill. Maybe that's true. But is that weighing you down? And I thought about a sheep because you see in all of this and what I'm sharing, we as sheep, reference a sheep is this, uh, this concept that we are defenseless individually. Now, sometimes I want to take offense to that and be like, oh, really, God? Like, like, really, that's how you see me? And even if we wrestle with that, that picture in the physical, think about the spiritual. And that there's a spiritual enemy that wants to come against us. And what power in and of myself do I have of my own? Outside of Jesus, outside of my Heavenly Father, outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the idea of sheep is, is they, as they come together, there's power in numbers. There's safety in numbers. There's strength in numbers. And even if one of them is hurting, it's not that one sheep can carry another sheep. It's not possible. Maybe the two had not been left behind if the mother could have carried them. But that wasn't how they were designed. The idea is that even if one of us is injured and one of us is struggling, that we come alongside one another, holding each other up and encouraging and not getting down in the dirt and the, in the weeds and the mud with those problems, but to lift each other up out of the problems as iron sharpens iron to guide and to lead and to challenge and to, to advise and give wisdom and, and, and speak prophetically as the Holy Spirit empowers us to lift up one another, to stand together with one another as a flock. And that no one is left behind, even when sometimes we might choose it. And this is our God. I love as I'm sharing out of Proverbs. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. The God who created us, who gave us a plan which we fail at, who, who, who created us with a purpose in which we stumble, who loves us through situations that we fail to see, if anybody has any reason to ever be offended, it is the God who breathed life into us, who named us before we were even known. And yet even this God would choose love. This God would choose acceptance. This God would even show up in the midst of Adam and Eve in the garden and choose to say, Adam, where are you? You see, the words that you're telling me are revealing who you, who, where you really are in this situation. And instead of coming in 
with spite and judgment. I come in and say, where are you? My son is on the cross and he says, forgive them for they know not what they do because how often are we truly clueless to our behaviors and our situations? This is our God who despite every reason to be offended with us, every reason to write us off, every reason to just cut us off and be like, I am done. He says, no, 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 no. Even before I knew you were going to do the thing that you were going to do, I'm going to sacrifice my son on the cross. And my son will pay a price that you could not pay. My son will live a life that you could not live. And my son will set this example will lead the way. Jesus, with so many opportunities, would go through this. If you're here this morning and you're dealing with an offense, you're dealing with a struggle, you're dealing with a situation, maybe you're even sitting in here in which You are already accepted. You are already part of a flock, but you struggle with experiencing it. You struggle with feeling it. Maybe somebody hasn't reached out to you enough, and maybe you haven't reached out to them enough. There's something there, and you just haven't felt like you've... Maybe we're a new... Maybe we're a new church, and we're not like the old church. Maybe we're a new religion, and we're not like the old religion. Maybe we're just a a new religion and you never had a religion. You're like, I don't, I'm not sure about this. This acceptance. Maybe you walked in and this morning you're just dealing with kids. You're still trying to recover from last work week. You're still dealing with that repair. Thank you, Jesus, for hot water that's coming soon this week. I'm going to claim that one right there. I'm going to get that hot water and have that hot shower in my own house and not have to go to my sister-in-law's. It's going to happen. But I'm going to function. One last story, and we're going to close. I was, uh, man, I wanted to be offended. <laughs> I think I was on the inside. I was working to not express it on the outside. Let me put it that way. AC company, and I've been dealing with them and dealing with them. They came out and they left and and, and, and dealing with this, and, and thankfully we're not triple degrees, but it's still not, not like how I'd want it to be. And, and they, they finally they came back to my house, I think it was Friday, and, and, um, and I'm sitting there, and man, I want to give them a what for. Man, I want to tell them my mind, and I want to speak what I have to speak. And I'm, I've got every right to say what I want to say. We, we, we paid for something to be taken care of and be dealt with. And it's not there yet. And, and uh, I shouldn't be suffering. I've already paid for this. It's already been taken care of. I should, be, I, should be, I should be kicked back in the cool of my house. And, um, and I was just working. I was working on this. And, and I'm sitting there wearing a T-shirt. It wasn't one of our You Matter T-shirts. However, I will say I used to intentionally wear our church T-shirts to the grocery store to keep myself in check. So that way when I got offended, I didn't react or let my face show that I was offended. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm not offended. Well, sometimes your face tells me a whole nother story. You ever had that? And um, 
and I'm wearing a t-shirt and all of a sudden the guy's like, oh, are, 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 are you a pastor? Oh, man. Like that, that question, like that question, not just are you a Christian where maybe I could have been like downplayed it, right, whatever. No, 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 no. He's got to be like, are you a pastor? Like, like creating that level of expectation that like, oh, man. It's like, thankfully, I hadn't ran my mouth off. I hadn't, hadn't reacted on my offense. And I was able in that situation to, to you know, respond however it was I responded and talking to him and, and, and kindness and grace. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we thank you for your sacrifice that you are not so offended with us that we would be written off. No matter our mistakes, no matter our sins, no matter the situations that we face, our frustrations, our struggles, our anger, our resentments, our anxiety, that you were never so offended with us that you would pull away your hand. We apologize, Father, for doing the things that we did that we shouldn't have done and not doing the things that we should have done. And we thank you for your gift. We thank you for your freedom. We thank you for the flock of Christ, the body of Christ, us as a building, one another, that we would look to one another. No brick standing alone can ever be a building, but us collectively would become a house of worship. May we move into relationship beyond our offenses, beyond our differences. May we overcome division. May we overcome offenses. May we overcome the schemes of the enemy that would come against us, who only wants to steal, kill, and destroy, who wants to separate us away from the flock like the way of a wolf or like the lion in the story. And then, Father, may we wake up to the lie that we are alone. May we wake up to the lie that we have been separated. And may we choose today to rejoin, to be known, to be accepted, to be a part of something greater than ourselves as an individual, knowing that as great as the thing that you have planned for us as an individual, as a son and daughter of Christ, is still not greater than the thing that you have planned and prepared for us as a church, for our community, for our families, for our workplaces. That we would be the difference in this world, that we would make a difference in this world, but not because of our own strength, but because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us as we accept Jesus Christ. Knowing that he had something greater that even he himself wanted to give us, make way for us. And we thank you. If you'll stand with me, our prayer team's gonna come forward. We're gonna sing a song. I felt like this morning, if at any points, I didn't lead you in a prayer of salvation. I felt like this morning, if that's something that you feel you need to do, just please come forward and, 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 and be led in prayer. 
by one of our prayer teams or even after service by myself or one of the other pastoral staff or even going to Connect Center. You can fill out a form online and you're in your seat during this song. You say, oh, you know what, I'm dedicating my life to Jesus. You can do that even by scanning and filling out the form on this QR code. There are so many ways that you can communicate and connect with us here. You're not ready to connect with an actual person you're, you're, just, you're, you're shy, you're just not ready yet, whatever that is, connect with us digitally. Connect with us online. We are here for you. But if you need prayer for any other thing, our prayer team is also here. You've been facing an anxiety. You've been carrying an offense that wasn't yours to carry. They're here for you. And this time of this song is a time for us to press in even more and to hear God speak. And then Pastor Bonet is going to dismiss us.